buying and selling real estate, it can be a tough business to navigate. Sounds like you need some friends in the know. For instance, two longtime Twin Ports real estate professionals who know the ins and outs of the market. This is the Twin Ports Real Estate Show on 610 and FM 103.9 KDAM. Hey, good afternoon and welcome to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Rounding and Gary Callagher here from Remax Results from 12 until 1 p.m. this Saturday on KDAL. Gary Callagher, good afternoon. How are you doing? Hey, Jim. We're doing real good here. Sun is shining. The weather's, eh, it's okay. Hey, you and, know what uh, the best best thing happened um, uh, this last week? You know what the best thing that happened was? What's that? Daylight savings time. Oh, my favorite time of the year. There's yeah. no doubt about it. That's like it, takes a little, little, it took me a little bit of time to get adjusted to this one, but uh, uh, it's definitely, I like the light as, in, as late in the day as possible, you know, because at the end of the day when the, when it gets dark and you've had a long day, you get you, you just get sleepy. Yep. And uh, so it's nice to have that sun on that you get later into the into the day. Oh, I hear you there. I mean, let's 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 please talk about you know having longer days in the evening and the sun stays up. It just ugh. yep, it's it's beautiful thing. All right, so real estate. Wow, it's been uh, it's been uh, still crazy as ever, right? Yes. Um, I'm seeing that in uh, in Superior right now there are still last week there was seven active listings that were for sale this week that number has not changed um, and in Duluth according to Duluth proper um, there are 56 single family houses for sale and that's all price ranges and that's just the city city limits of, of both two municipalities but wow that is a low low inventory. Well, listen. You, it's when we're selling about a hundred houses a month, especially at this time of year, um, and we've only got that many houses active on the market. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that we don't have much inventory, right? And, and we don't have much selection. And I think the market, uh, the way the market's going right now, uh, and and we know we talk to our agents every week and I talk to other agents in our community as well and we're still uh, doing seeing multiple offers on it everything when these new houses hit the market uh, you know people go in and and uh, if if it's what the market likes boom there's multiple offers on it and uh, uh, and it's still happening and so I think that's that's it's good and it's bad it's frustrating as heck for the buyers yeah. it's good for the sellers but um, yeah, and there's, there's inventory that's coming on the market. It's just coming off the market as fast as it's going on. So, you know, you list a house and, you know, it gets an accepted offer on it very quickly. Um, so that means our inventory has relatively stayed the same in the last few weeks, you know. But there have been new properties coming on and, and then other properties go pending and it just keeps our numbers the same, which is, which is unseasonably and un, un, unreally low, very, very low. Well, it's good, and but really, Jim, I think this is so positive for the Twin Ports because right. you know we talk about last year we were talking about all these significant job losses that we had, and we were wondering what was going to happen to the marketplace and how it was going to affect uh, you know the Twin Ports and in, in, uh, in the real estate market, and you know, boy, to see all this like 
this profound activity that we have, it's it's a good sign, and it's good to see that that the health of the, the local real estate economy is is good, it's active, and and the other thing is, I boy, I don't know about you, but I'm hearing uh, that we are getting people moving into, into this area because of the work from home, the remote workers. Yeah. Uh, you know, dynamic that's going on, not only locally here, but across the country. And so I think that these are good signs and, you know, how this market pans out and, and how it continues to move forward, um, you know, we'll all be tuned into it, but uh, uh, it's, it's certainly a, a healthy market that we're dealing with right now for sellers, buyers, again, frustrated. And, uh, uh, and, and the thing is, is like, you know, you talk to buyers and the buyers say, well, you know, I'm just going to wait. You know, I'm not. I'm going to wait it out. Right. And and is that a, is that a good thing to do? And you know, there's a there's an old saying. You know, you, you get in the batter's box and you take your swing, and you're not going to get a hit every time. And you might strike out, you know, eight out of ten times, but eventually you'll get that hit. And, and so you've got to take your swing at these things, you know, because, you know, you never know. You might get it, but um, it's a tough environment for buyers right now. Well, and what do you think the interest rates? I mean, we're, I know we're going we're gonna to go in to talk about interest rates. Interest rates have been pretty much consistently for the last month been edging up there. And um, what do you think the long-term effect is that going to have on those buyers who are actively, you know, looking to find their house? Well, it just makes affordability. It's just, it's more expensive. Um, but I'm, I'm thinking it's, that it's motivating it's, them more to find something quicker because they're thinking that the rates are going to go up, you know, um, even more. So it's it's very interesting the dynamic that's going on. Yeah. Well, the interest mortgage interest rates. There's no question about it that they're they're trending upwards, and you know where they go and and uh, uh, ultimately where they they end up as time goes on. Boy, we certainly don't know, but we're seeing an upward trend. And I think the uh, uh, unless we go into some like economic slowdown again or lockdown or whatever, I don't think you'll see these interest rates come back down to where they were. That two point six two five was the lowest that I had uh, ever witnessed on these thirty-year conventional fixed mortgages, and you were getting uh, two point one two five on on your fifteen-year uh, mortgages. So those were just incredible interest rates. Right. But uh, where they go and and how they they uh, uh, they adjust up or down. I mean, uh, we just we got to watch the markets. We got to stay tuned in. And that's having an effect on home refinances too, because um, um, refinances fell four percent for the week last week, but they're down thirty nine percent compared to the same week one year ago. And that is totally to do with rates, you know. Um, the average the average rate for a thirty year fixed conforming loan on refinance and sometimes refinances are going to be a little bit higher than a new purchase. Um, they're all the way up to three point three percent. Yeah. Well, uh, these rates started rising as we got into the second week in February. That's when really the big yep. shift took place. And I think the third week in February, when we were actually talking about it, they there was a massive spike in the interest rates, especially the FHA and the VA. Uh, and the FHA and VA have actually come back a little bit. But boy, uh, you know, if you didn't refinance your home in the last year and a half, you you missed out on some really good rates. And so it doesn't surprise me that the, the refi market is slowed up. 
uh, because it's been so hot over the last year and a half that it just can't stay that way forever. And so these rates going up just kind of is going to dampen that market. Right. I look into the marketplace. I talk to agents in our community and I get the sense that there's, there is a lot of frustration and it's, it's not only amongst buyers, but it's amongst agents. And, uh, and so I think there's a certain level of frustration about like, you know, one, one of the agents I talked to this past week, uh, she indicated that she hasn't been able to like get an offer this year and she's written countless offers. You know, you start working with four or five or six buyers and you're writing offers on all these places. I'm talking the whole year. She hasn't, she doesn't have a pending yet. She doesn't have one pending offer. But she's probably written about 30 offers. Yeah, that's, yeah. And, and it's like, you know, the, so the, the, the frustration level for everybody is just, um, it, it's high, except for our sellers. <laughs> our sellers are very happy right now. Right, exactly. So do you think the average realtor likes this kind of market? I know I do not. Well, I... I think there's. I, I think we're we're what we're seeing amongst agents is a very similar uh, situation to what we saw in the early two thousands, when the you know the market just like you know was booming, and all of a sudden everybody's jumping in to be a real estate agent because they think it's going to be, uh, you know, you, you know the end of the pot of gold at, gold at the end of the rainbow, right? And then you know the the recession hit. And I can't tell you how many agents, when we got into the, the meat of that uh, housing recession, um, came up and said, what do I do? I've never experienced I don't have right, any business. Exactly. There's nothing going on. I mean, I don't know if I can sustain myself and stay in this business. And so I think we're seeing a very similar thing going on where these agents, you're, I've seen a lot of new agents. I don't know about you, but I've oh, seen yes. names of people. I'm like, who the heck is that? I've never heard of, heard of that. And I think you see the same thing. And... <laughs> And so, I, and I, I just think that's the ebb and flow of, of what goes on in our industry as well as any industry that has a booming type of a situation that's going on. And so, um, uh, uh, so I think agents are, um, you know, frustrated that have never experienced this, that are fairly new agents. But um, uh, I think seasoned agents as well. I think, uh, you know, they're like, what are we supposed to do, you know? How are we supposed to handle this? We can't get any offers accepted because there's simply so much competition. Yeah, it's it's very interesting market. Um, I mean, if, if somebody puts a you know like a, a a trailer in front of their house and starts loading up with things, people are knocking on their door directly. I mean, it's just there's there are buyers that are walking the neighborhoods themselves. I mean, <laughs> they just want to find a house so bad, um, and you know it's a very interesting market. All right, Gary, look, we're already at our first break here. So, folks, you're tuned into the Twin Ports Real Estate Show, and hang in there. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Ronding and Gary Callagher here from REMAX Results. Um, folks, if you want to reach me, my phone number is area code 218-348-7653. And, Gary? I'm at 218-390-0615. All right, and Jim. Got... Some of the hotter properties out oh. there right now certainly land. Uh, yes. you, you know, and multifamily. I mean, multifamily. If we just don't have any of them on the market, so if you're selling a duplex, triplex, or an apartment building, 
you know, please give us a call because it's a very good market for the for those properties, as well as your residential properties uh, that are in your anywhere from one hundred and twenty-five up to three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Those are good properties, and it's a very very active and hot market for those types of properties. So uh, don't hesitate to call us, and uh, we can come out and we can give you a uh, an analysis of where we think the value of your home is, uh, as well as a, a marketing plan as to what we do to market people's homes and uh, some of the new technology that we we utilize uh, to get your home out there into the marketplace. Right. You know, I, I, um, I, I just put a listing contract um, in an email yesterday for sellers to, to, to read through and to sign it's a lake property for um, $560,000, and I honestly don't think it'll be on the market for much more than a couple of weeks, if that, um, because there's just nothing out there, you know. Um, and even those high-ticket items, I just think are, I'm watching the market. They're, they're, everything is moving so fast, and, and, and even those higher price ranges, it, it's, it's quite impressive. Well, I'll tell you, I've had a house on the market since last fall, and it's it's a really cool house, and and it was an upper price range, you know, right around seven hundred thousand, and um, boy, we got an offer on it this past week, and we were able to come and get into contract on it, but um, uh, it's it, it, the the uh, the activity levels on that house for that price range, you know, when you get a seven hundred thousand dollar house, Jim, you don't typically have a ton of activity, right, but. This, these houses in these upper price ranges, they're getting great activity. I mean, there are people looking at these houses. So it seems like all segments of the market, you know, when it comes to price, they're doing well. You know, when it comes to, re- when it comes to residential housing. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, Jim, currently, I'm, I'm kind of on the multiple listing service right now, just kind of bouncing around. So you mentioned that you put that one to pending status. Currently in Duluth and Superior, there are 122 pure pending properties, which means that they don't have another property to sell, um, basically just either financing and or maybe a home inspection. But that number that number is like double what our inventory is. Yeah. So just some just some really strange, strange um, facts that are out there. All right, Gary, I got a I got a kind of a fun article to talk about here for a second. I guess I sure maybe it's not fun. The guy was certainly a monster. Jeffrey Epstein, do you remember him? Oh boy, here we go. Yeah, Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, that, I think I remember if it's the one I'm thinking you're talking about. Yeah, oh yeah, he's you know he's friends with uh, he's a, he's a billionaire. He's dead apparently. Um, you know, hung himself in a jail in in New York City. Just total scandal because of uh, not only because of how much money he has and what he was doing with with young kids. Uh, that's just a sick person. Um, but also his his power and who he knew and who he was friends with. Um, well, he had uh, I remember this place. Of course, he had a place down in Florida um, that was um, you know he's just a sick person and he, and he also owned his own island. But the place in Florida they sold uh, a while back for eighteen and a half million, um, and that was just this last oh it was just this last Monday. But then earlier this week. They got an accepted offer on his mansion in New York City. Do you remember that one? I can. I don't. Well, so it's it's twenty eight thousand square foot townhouse, and it was probably three floors. It looked just like a. I mean, it looked like it could have several houses in it. It's just one, 
and they had that listed for $88 million. Um, apparently, it was overpriced because it took them a while to sell it, and they sold it for $51 million, or they have an accepted offer on it for $51 million. 28,000 square feet. What, what, <laughs> what would you do I, in 28,000 square feet? Well, if we want to get into the, some of the details and, and theories on it, maybe who knows what they used it for. But well, I could certainly you know that twenty my mind on the wrong path and think yeah, about it. But right. uh, that's uh, the size of a supermarket, right? <laughs> that's the size of, a, of of your average super one. You know, um, just on three levels. You know, I mean, I'm I'm just it's just amazing to me how anybody needs twenty eight thousand square feet. But anyway. <laughs> So, well, right. I don't know who would want to buy those houses, quite frankly. It would be very interesting to see who the buyers of these places were, well, um, because this is a, we happen this is to a know. very, uh, uh, I, I can't even think of the word to describe it, but it's, it's something that I guess I wouldn't want to deal with. Uh, so who would buy a property like that after all of the, the, the press on this individual, um, you know? has had I mean it just doesn't seem like something that somebody would want to get themselves wrapped up in but obviously somebody does so uh, well he's he's a, a Goldman Sachs high-ranking executive Michael Daffy yeah well there you go 50 yeah 51 million dollars in, in the in the place in Florida was sold I've heard of this guy before um, Todd Michael Glazier Oh, he's uh, the Glazier family, I believe, owned the Tampa Bay Bucks and a professional soccer team over in England. Yep. I think that's yep. the Glazier family from... Uh, yep. Interesting, interesting. So it says $10 million of the uh, sale from the Manhattan mansion is going to the Epstein Victims Compensation Fund. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, that's just... It's just... This stuff is just kind of hard to read. But anyway... Um, He's a, it's he's, amazing what people will do. I mean, you know, we hear yep. we hear a lot of stories about things that happen, and some of them not so good. And uh, you know, ultimately, how the the properties that that some of these events happen in, boy, you, you just you're always amazed that they'll sell that somebody would want to even buy them. Um, you know, and and so you know, the fact that somebody's willing to plop, plop that kind of money down on them. Uh, yeah, it's amazing. I hope, they, I hope they do a good cleansing of that place. Yeah, his his former girlfriend, Gislaine, I think that's how you say it, or Gislaine Maxwell, she's still up for federal charges related to his abuse of underage girls. Such a sick person. But you know, he was he's he was friends with Donald Trump, Bill Clinton, and and Britain's Prince Andrew, to name a few. Um, yeah. Anyway, well, I'm sure he's burning wherever he is. Um, but anyway, so at least it's good that, that some of the money is going to the victims. Moving on, Jim. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. At the for, towards the end of the year and the and the turn of the the new year here, we always do predictions and we have some predictions that we always give. And um, uh, there was an article that was published on uh, January thirteenth of this year, twenty twenty one, and there were seven real estate um, economic experts that. Uh, had some real estate predictions and I read through this article last week and I found it very interesting actually and I thought that this was uh, something that you and I had talked about but to see these 
these uh, experts uh, talking about this, I thought, well, this is this is you know noteworthy, and I wanted to go over some of the seven uh, or some of the housing predictions that these uh, these seven people made. And uh, you know, most importantly, I think they they started this article out with that you know nobody could really expect uh, what the the coronavirus pandemic as we got into 2020 and and us everybody making predictions about the housing market in 2020 uh and once we got into the the meat of this this coronavirus uh uh pandemic the the outbreak of it and and what that was going to do to the future markets the housing markets as we moved into 21 2021 and beyond and so uh you know making those housing predictions really wasn't easy for these folks but they they wanted to to Give a shot at it, and uh, sounds like these are some fairly astute people. I mean, this is uh, uh, one of the chief economists for the California Association of Realtors. Uh, we've got a research economist for the National Association of Realtors. We have Dr. James Gaines, who's the chief economist of the Real Estate Center at Texas A&M University. Boy, I'd like to talk to that guy. And uh, right. uh, the chief executive uh, uh, at, at CoreLogic. And then a um, uh, chief product and technology offer, officer uh, at, at uh, uh, what they call ATOM, and I don't know what that mean, what that is or what that means. And then uh, one other, they had a real estate agent in there with, uh, with 17 years of experience in Rockford, Illinois, and Dr. Alex Villacorta, a co-founder and chief data officer at Resi Shares. And I'm not really sure what that is, but we'll give these guys some props and some credit for. Uh, having some knowledge about uh, uh, the real estate market. But one of the things, you know, uh, they asked them several, they asked each of these people questions. And one of the one first question they asked them was, what concerns um, do you have moving into the uh, uh, 2021 real estate market and why? <coughs> and uh, they went on to say that the problem with making any predictions about this year, 2021, that there are almost no precedents or models that can help experts determine what's likely to happen. Um, and so the, these economists basically said, hey, we're going to be flying blind and making these predictions. You know, we're just going to, you know, give you our gut feeling on it. Uh, and so, you know, Dr. Gaines went on to say that nobody's dealt with anything this broad and this inclusive. And the response to the coronavirus wasn't universal. So some states were much more restrained and some states were much more yeah. aggressive. And, uh, and and then this Dr. Gaines really it says that everything really hinges on getting this virus under control under control and the real estate market isn't going to go back to what we think of as a normal market unless we have or at least we have the feeling the psychology or the belief that we have the virus under control and he goes on to say i don't really know what under control means right so interesting little comment there um what do you think is likely to happen to home prices? And all of these experts had different opinions, Jim, about where home prices were going to go. Okay. Most agreed that the home prices were likely to stay stable or increase, and largely due to the backlog of buyer demand that still hasn't gone anywhere. So they believe that the upward momentum of prices uh, that they saw in the second half of 2020 will likely continue in the first part of 2021. 
And they also noted that interest rates are all but assured to stay low as the vaccine distribution accelerates. And they say the main driver for this will be the continued outsized competition for the middle of the bell curve housing stock that is attractive to all all kinds of market segments, including residential buyers as well as investors. So that seems to be happening. And when they say the middle of the bell curve, they're talking about your mid-price range houses, not upper end, not low end. But, you know, we just said in our previous segment that the $125,000 to $350,000 price range here locally is a very active market. So that to me would be the middle bell curve here locally. Comments? You know, I, <laughs> it, it, I, I find it very interesting that um, there's, there's disagreement on, on what's going to happen. I, I totally agree with the demand. Um, I, I just think that if, it, to me, everything depends on the rates. I mean, if we get, if we get interest rates that, that really start to progress higher, I just, I, I think that's going to, that's going to push us down, um, for sure. You know, and I, I, you know, to that, I, you know, yesterday, um, they were saying that the Dow fell 300 points largely to the central bank declining to extend um, a rule that expires at the end of the month that relaxed the leverage ratio for banks during the pandemic. So in other words, they could borrow more uh, against less capital and um, they're not extending that that rule. So I wonder what that's going to do to rates too. You know what I'm saying? Well, the rates as we know it are all kind of follow these uh, uh, the, uh, the treasury bond, the bond market, which is right. the treasury notes, those things. And um, uh, that's certainly gone up. Um, although it's not 100% accurate, it's fairly accurate. And it seems to, uh, you know, always be the, the measure that we look at anyway, uh, to determine what these rates are going to do. And I think that those, um, uh, those things are certainly trending upwards. Yeah. In any event, um, they talked to um, uh, uh, Frank Nolthaft. He's the uh, executive and tr- chief economist at CoreLogic. And they, they, they talked about uh, the shortage of homes for sale and the record low mortgage interest rates. And he's saying that that's going to drive price growth at the beginning of 2021. But he also added that we do expect a moderation of home growth price, home price growth over the, over the course of the year. And he attributed that to the advancement of the coronavirus vaccinations, as well as warm weather, which he expects will bring more housing inventory to the market, and that many of the older homeowners who had planned to sell in 2020 decided to postpone their listing until the pandemic risk had dissipated. That's very true. I think it is. And he and he expects that us to start seeing that uh, that happen by mid-year. And so will that happen here locally? Who knows? But I think we've certainly talked about this, that we expect the, uh, the market for new listings to increase, thereby having more inventory available to people, uh, thereby making multiple offers. I think they'll still exist, but I think it's going to be uh, less competitive uh, in, in that environment. People will have more to choose from. And I think that's a really good thing. I do too, and I I think, and, and we got about a minute here until our next break. But I I have seen, you know, I'm not eligible for the shot yet, but I have seen many of my senior friends, and most of them have it. 
you know, and um, they're kind of uh, pretty chipper about it, I have to say, you know, um, that, that they don't have to, to concern themselves and worry anymore. So, yeah, I, I, I do see them, uh, you know, at least that sector is really coming back alive to, to being sort of shut in um, for the last year. So I, I think you're right. I think I think they're right that this is going to increase the listing inventory. You know, once we get once we get around the corner of the early spring, right? So, right. Um, which which we're coming up on, by the way. Right. Exactly. Week. I expect. I expect. I think week to week we're going to watch this inventory list of active listings um, and pending listings. I'm just going to kind of track it, and I, I think that's going to go up quite quite a bit. So, but we can only hope, right? Right. You certainly need the inventory out there, folks. All right. Listen, we got to take a break here. You're tuned into the Twin Ports Real Estate Show, and we will be right back. Don't touch that dial. Hey, good afternoon, and welcome back to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Ronning and Gary Callagher here. Uh, folks, if you want to reach me to list your house, <laughs> which is what every realtor needs right now, uh, area code 218-348-7653. And Gary? I'm at 218-390-0615. All right, let's go back to what we were talking about earlier with the um, the These what our experts have been had, saying. Yeah, uh, you know, and one one of the things that definitely caught my attention, they were talking about the term the gateway cities, and the gateway cities are are typically small cities that are on the, the outskirts or uh, you know within striking distance to these central hubs. You know, and you take like. Uh, say Minneapolis, for example, and you know you go to surrounding communities that go out on maybe a uh, anywhere from a ten to thirty mile radius. These are small little gateway gateway cities that they call them. That um, uh, they believe that these gateway cities are going to have a sharp and quick rebound once the pandemic ends. Uh, but the growth after that will be muted relative to the new. Um, uh, what they call winners for the foreseeable future. And the winners that they're, they, what they're terming, they call them as winners, um, is the work from home. Um, right. Uh, employ the people that are going to be working from home. And, and that, what they're saying is that valve has, has been wide open and that they don't necessarily expect um, these major cities or major metro areas that people are going to be commuting into them like like we have all known in the past, that they're going to have these little gateway communities on the outsides of these major hubs, and they're going to experience some really, really good growth because people are able to work from home. And so uh, they, um, uh, you know, they they also said that that these mortgage interest rates are going to have a, a positive influence on home values, uh, and that mortgage rates are cheaper than they've been in decades. But um, we all know what's going on with those at, at this point. And, and they go on to talk about what they think is going to happen to mortgage rates. And they do think that they're going to go up, but they're going to stabilize somewhere in that 3.1 uh, uh, to 3.4 range. But they also say that anything can, you know, uh, you know, dictate those things. You know, there's a lot of different things that can happen to dictate how mortgage interest rates go. But they think that they'll be in that basically in that 3% range. Uh, throughout the year, um, they also talk about vacancy rates, Jim. And when they they're t we're talking about vacancy rates for residential housing, and they think that there's a huge uncertainty 
and nobody seems to be willing to predict what's going to happen. And this stems with the the eviction moratorium. Right. That they say that the uh, the vacancy rates are certainly going to be keyed by this moratorium. But once the moratoriums go away, they believe these vacancy rates could explode. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, we were talking a few weeks ago about um, a particular uh, situation where you knew that the people, I think they they were down like $10,000 for the year in rent, you know, as landlords. I think you were, I can't remember the exact specific story, but yeah, I mean, geez. But they're also predicting that these residential income properties, they're going to have a spike in foreclosures, that the damage has already been done. Right, and that the people that haven't been paying rent and the and the owners of these properties, they simply are, they 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 are too far behind to catch up. So there's going to be a spike in those um, uh, those investment properties, and uh, and then the other thing that they talked about is um, uh, what uh, what other predictions for uh, the home inventory, and this is a big one. You know, this is uh, everybody seemed to really weigh in on this thing, and and they they believe that you you know you really can't have a conversation about real estate predictions without talking about the inventory, and m- almost all of these experts agreed that the inventory is going to rise at some point in 2021, but exactly when is really up in the air, and they go back to say again that the homeowners who intended to sell their home in 2020 uh, that that didn't do it because of the coronavirus outbreak will list their home when the vaccine begins to get widely dis- distributed um, and uh, uh, that that is going to bring more sellers back into the marketplace. And some of the numbers and percentage wise that we were down across the country and locally here uh, in the 20 to 25 percent range. And that means that 20 to 25 percent of the people that were going to sell their homes last year didn't simply because of the coronavirus. Right. And so they believe that we're going to see an uptick in the inventory, but they just don't really think they know when, but they all seem to be uh, hedging on as the weather warms up and we get into the middle of the year that we're going to see that. They also think new home construction is going to be on the rise. And uh, uh, so, you know, those are things that we'll watch as we get into the middle part of the year, Jim, to see if that holds true. Um, but then the other one, and, and one of the more in- interesting predictions here, Jim, was what are they anticipating uh, in, in 2021 where, uh, what buyers will be looking for homes and where they will be looking for homes. And they, um, they're, here we go again. They're talking about the, the, the remote workers, and they think that this pipeline or this valve has been exploded wide open, and it's not going to go back. And so they think that the the urban areas, your your major cities, are going to have, you know, a potential loss of people living in them, um, because they're going to move to the suburbs. Right. Or they're going to move to some place to where they, if they can work remotely. But what are they going to be looking for in homes? And that's going to be one of the big things. And uh, uh, they're also predicting that some of the small towns or what they call gateway communities that surround these big hubs, they're going to see in some cases massive spikes in people moving into the area. So they expect new construction in some of these areas to really take off because there's not going to be enough of an inventory to supply people. Uh, And one of the things you got to remember, we talk about Duluth and the Twin Ports and everything here, Jim. Right. And 
we don't have an abundance of new homes. We just don't. And we have a lot of older homes. But boy, in a lot of communities that surround these major uh, metro areas, their housing stock is nowhere near as old as ours. Oh, no. So yeah, they have you're a right. lot yep. of new construction. There's still a lot of land available, but they think that you're going to see a big uptick in new home construction. And where that that is they don't know there's going to be some inconsistencies about where people want to live so you might have a place like uh uh you know someplace just outside of, of minneapolis i'm going to give you an example there's a little place a town outside of, of, of uh, minneapolis called rogers minnesota oh yeah very familiar and, with it yep um about five years ago one of my nieces moved down there and they bought a house in the subdivision it was like the second house in the subdivision and um now there's like 80 houses in this subdivision these houses like grew up all around them yeah and and this rogers community has exploded with people and really she said it's really been in the last two years that we've seen all this massive growth so i think you're going to see things like that but what are people going to if they're going to build a new home what are they going to build what do they want what are some of the the designs that they're going to need every one of these people across the board said there's going to be the separate home office and how that looks and how that becomes part of architectural design are all things that they think is going to be we're going to see as uh, uh, you know some of the new things that that are on the horizon well and you know the other thing about moving to uh, these kinds of places um, that people are doing they're getting out of the you know out of the I've got to live close to work so close to the city so like when they live in Rogers I mean Rogers is a good 40 minutes from Minneapolis right but it's still considered a suburb um, but that's a great example of they want more room they want they want more land too you know um, you, you, you're gonna get a bigger lot you're gonna get uh, neighborhoods that are stretched out more and, and it's very very um, appealing you know, they say also the, the, the trend in um, where these people are moving to is uh, where there is either no um, personal income tax in a lot of states, there's few states there are, and then how about low property tax rates? Like, for example, Gary, Hawaii is the lowest property tax state in the nation, and their median home value is just around 600000 Their real estate taxes are $1,607 a year on that. I wonder why that That's is. Cheap, yeah. I, you know, I, I have no idea, but uh, their 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 property value uh, tax is is or their property taxes are are very low. Hawaii, Alabama, Colorado, Louisiana, uh, Washington D.C., Delaware. Um, these states have very very low um, taxes and very affordable. Like South Carolina, um, the average the average the median home price is one hundred and fifty five thousand. You know that's very affordable. And the and the the real estate tax on that is eight hundred and ninety dollars, you know so that's very very affordable taxes. And even in the Twin Ports, we know that the tax bill can can be pretty dang high, um, you know, every year. And it's 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 like an extra extra payment. Well, it's a big topic up here. Uh, our, yeah. our residential property taxes every year, and some of it borders on uh, you know uh, getting quite obscene quite frankly, and we hear this all the time. So it's a big issue up here. And so to hear those types of numbers, it's uh, uh, it's interesting to, to try to understand why they, yeah, why those tax rates are so low. I, and I don't, I don't know what the answer to that is. Jerry, yeah. um, we've got to take a break here. We're, uh, okay. we're, we're just about um, out of time, folks. 
Hang in there. We got one more segment to come up and uh, to come and finish this program up, and we'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to the last segment of the Twin Ports Real Estate Show for this week. Gary Callagher, Jim Ronding here from Remax Results. If you want to reach me, my phone number is 218-348-7653. And Gary, give out your digits. 218-390-0615. And Jim, finishing up on this uh, this article here, there were two other points that they made. And and one of them was what is going to be uh, some of the challenges that homeowners are going to face uh, in 2021 and beyond. And, uh, and this means people that are buying houses, uh, that have existed for a while. And one of the challenges they believe is getting contractors to do renovations, uh, because the, uh, with everything that's going on, there's a real demand for, for contracting services in almost every single municipality across the country. So they see if you want to improve your house or build an addition or whatever, they see that as a significant challenge and that you better get in, uh, if you're going to do improvements, you might have to uh, contract somebody like right now for next year. Yeah. And so they they see that as a big thing. And then finally, they they are talking about real estate agent. You know, what are, are some of the good news, and what are some of the challenges going to be for real estate agents? And you know, obviously, they the the big issue is like getting your buyer a home. <laughs> is number one because of the competition that is going on and people being basically shut out of the market because every time they go to write an offer they're just facing so much competition and uh so they think that's a significant challenge uh for um for the real estate agents to try to keep their buyers happy without being able to get a house that they want and um you know 90 percent of all the buyers out there jim that buy houses they use real estate agents and so they um, they expect that that uh, to continue, but they also expect there to be continued challenges until we start to see more inventory uh, easing the uh, the competition in the marketplace. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, I give you an example of the first one you were talking about. Is we're going to put carpet in our house, um, and uh, didn't think too much of it. My wife picked out some carpet and. Uh, went to get the installation and they're booked through like the middle of May. <laughs> so yeah, that's exactly what we're talking about. You know, it's hard to get a contractor. Um, and that's what people are running into. Well, interesting stuff in the, in the predictions in the marketplace, Jim. And I think some of it is very consistent with what you and I have been talking about, but uh, also some of it is eye opening too. And it's, and I always look back at this and, and I keep saying to myself over and over, it's like some of these major Metro cities, Jim, they could see a huge decline in population. And I think that, that we've seen some of this, we've talked about California for quite a while and, and some of the mass exodus that has occurred there. And we certainly haven't seen it you know, up here, but you're talking about people going to Arizona, New Mexico, Texas, uh, Utah, Idaho, uh, Montana, uh, and you know what that all looks like as this work from home phenomenon yeah. continues. Um, and uh, you know what that what's that going to look like in the next five years? And I sure don't know, but I think it's exciting. And uh, I think I it's think it's, it's going to be definitely a positive for the Twin Ports because of the beauty. You know, people are choosing, all right, if I can live anywhere, that's one of the places that they're going to be choosing. So I think the Twin Ports is going to be safe. But yeah, in the future, man, I mean, what is the, what are the office buildings going to look like when all these people are working from home and they don't need that space? I mean, what's that going to look like five years from now? That, that to me is... I think it's a big challenge. And, uh, you know, that commercial real estate community could, it could be decades 
maybe not decades, but it could be a long time before that we see recovery of that. And I think you could see some of those buildings raised and uh, the land repurposed for, you know, whatever. Yep. All right, we are flat out of time, Gary. Why don't you give out your phone number one more time? Folks, reach me at 218-390-0615. And my phone number is 218-348-7653. We are way out of time, folks. Tune in to us next week right here on KDAL. And thanks for listening to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show.